You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. We are uh, continuing a series we started a few weeks ago called Real Conversations. If you missed last week's conversation, uh, man, so powerful. about the, We were talking about the truth about mental illness. And uh, you can go on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.calvaryirwin.com, listen to the podcast or watch us on Facebook and go back and watch it. Man, really powerful conversation. Today, uh, we're going to be continuing talking about the truth about burnout. Next week, we're going to be talking about the truth about suffering. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like an exciting topic, but I think a really important topic. Uh, we're going to be joined by pastor and author Brian Cuck. Um, he, if you remember a few years ago, he's spoken here before, but his wife, he lost his wife in a, in a uh, drunk driving accident where him and his wife were hit head on by a drunk driver while they were on their motorcycle, lost his left leg. And so we're going to be talking with him, having that conversation about the truth about suffering. What does it mean to follow Jesus in the midst of suffering? Today, though, we're talking about burnout, and I don't know where you are, what your job or career has been like this past year. Um, Statistics and studies have shown in in recent months, burnout has become epidemic. Um, Burnout has become an issue because people are being asked to do things they didn't normally do. More is getting thrown on them with less resources, less opportunity, and it's become overwhelming for people. And you have so many jumping one career to another. Uh, I'll tell you, as a pastor in, in, in pastoral ministry, um, the, there's a study just done in January, and they said that uh, by the Barner Group, three out of every 10 pastors are strongly considering a different career. Three out of 10, that's, that's alarming means out of every 10 pastors, three are thinking of, I'm not going to be a pastor anymore. I'm going to go do something else. This is too much. Burnout is a a true reality. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And I have a couple friends from our church here that I'm going to invite up and we're going to uh, discuss that. And then I'm going to kind of wrap things up at the end. So at this time, I want to invite Dr. Dr. Matthew, I wish I knew your middle name, Dr. Matthew Wolfslagel and uh, John Turpak. If you guys want to come on up here this morning. Thanks for being here, Matt. And before we jump into much of the conversation, thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having me. It's good yeah. to be back. Nice to see everybody. Um, we're gonna we'll, we'll share a little about what you guys do. You can have a seat. Um, uh, Want to share one thing and, and hand one thing out. Um, John just came from a Slickville Evangelical Presbyterian Church this morning. Uh, he's been filling the pulpit there and. Uh, John, your journey with Christ has been awesome to, to just watch from the front row. And um, John came here, I don't know how many years ago, six, seven years it ago? Was, it was 2013. 2013. I just uh, went into Bible college. Yeah. And um, was paramedic, came for Hero Sunday. And man, God's been doing some amazing things in your life. And now he is right on the verge of uh, basically being a Presbyterian minister. Yeah, my... Uh... My meeting with the Presbyterian of the Alleghenies is this Thursday, so I have to travel. I think it's to Portage, PA, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough one. So yeah. if you wouldn't mind, say a prayer for me. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to do that here in a second. So um, we're so grateful. I love getting to see people in our church step out and be used by God in ministry. And John, you have been uh, an amazing blessing here, but, but now elsewhere. And we're so blessed uh, for that. And we have a little gift for you, and we're going to pray for you, okay? It's awesome. So, um, uh, the, the, the call to pastoral ministry is more than just uh, a career. 
I, I believe it's a calling that is unique in every way. And, um, and you stepping out to fulfill that call is more than you just not being a paramedic anymore and being a pastor. And I know that practically there's a lot of those details, but, but it's more than that. And we have a little gift for you to remember, remember your roots, I guess, that we want to give to you and we're going to pray for you. So this is referred to as a pastoral stool. I know you have these. You have these in the Presbyterian Church. And uh, we want to give this to you. We're going to pray for you here. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Look at that. That's beautiful. Look at that. And uh, we want to pray, pray over you. And we want you to know, as a, as a church, we are praying for you. We are cheering for you. We are so excited for you. And uh, I know what God's going to do in Slickville through you is going to be remarkable. There are people who... Uh, could care less about who Jesus is. They're going to meet him because of you. And we're just so grateful for you. And uh, we want to pray for him. So if we can just extend, as you have that meeting this week, and that uh, as you go through interviews, and I know it's stressful. I know there's a lot hanging on your shoulders. And uh, you're going you're gonna to kill it in a good way. Okay? So I've been told. That's very good. Yeah. So let's, let's pray for, for John. Lord, I thank you so much for the calling you've put on John's life. Lord, I thank you for the gifts the heart and passion you've given him for pastoral ministry. God, we pray for your blessing over him. God, even as we put this stone and we just anoint him, Lord. Lord, that you have put him here for such a time as this, Lord. God, that you allow him, Lord, to be ready in any and every season to preach the word, Lord. Lord, to, to, to exercise the gifts of pastoral ministry, Lord, in Slickville. God, I pray for your favor as he goes before the presbytery this week and, and, and interviews and, and uh, interaction, Lord. I pray for your favor, Lord, through those processes, Lord, that you would give him the right words and wisdom. God, you would anoint him and empower him, Lord, and he steps into pastoral ministry and leadership, Lord. Uh, And Slickville, I pray, Lord, that you would use him to do mighty things. God, the dreams, Lord, the visions you've put upon his heart and his mind, the things that he lays uh, in bed at night thinking about, Lord, I pray that you surround him with godly men and women to fulfill those dreams and visions. We thank you, God, Lord, for for placing John Turpak on this earth. We thank you, Lord, for putting him uh, at this time, at this place. And God, we pray you would go before him and equip him with everything he needs, Lord, to be effective and caring for people, and loving them, and pointing people to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you're you welcome. This is beautiful. Thank you're welcome. You. You're welcome. You can leave it on or take it off, whichever you want. Here's a little bin you can store it in, so you don't, you know. I will cherish that. Cherish that. You, know, you can my, always remember us. As you said, my roots were here, and uh, I was here with Calvary, I, I want to say about six, seven years, and uh, I really... I found the Lord here. I found what I was searching for. And uh, Nick, thank you for all that you've done over the years. I was blessed to, you know, get to baptize you. And I remember yeah. you telling me the first time you took communion here was a big deal yep. uh, as a former Catholic. And, and we were just so blessed. Uh, it's been a small part in your journey and see what God's doing in your life. Thank you. So today we're talking about burnout. I wanted to mention that before we jump into our conversation. It's kind of a heavy topic. And uh, wanted you guys, first of all, to introduce yourselves and kind of share a little bit about what you do. So, Matt, you want to kick it off? My name's Matt Wolsegel. I grew up in this town, um, still live here, and uh, went to med school in 2005, graduated in 2009, and have been in family medicine since 2009. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But you, John? Besides pastoring, but what else do you do? Well, the other, my, my day job is I am a paramedic with North Huntington EMS Rescue. I, I'm also a supervisor and water rescue technician, but I've been in the business for, for
for 37 years, so that's been a, been a long time. I've lived in this area most of my life, and I love the community, and it's a very challenging place to work as a, as a first responder. Yeah. So tell us in both of your fields, I know, Matt, you've uh, worked on the, the COVID unit this last year. Tell us a little about some of the difficult journeys you've been through. I know this has been a trying, stretching year for so many. Well, um, in medicine, you're kind of, you get used to being burned out. So, like, med school, they kind of, like, you have to study 24-7, you know, test every week, and it's, it's like drinking out of a fire hose trying to take all the information in. So you get burned out then. Then in residency, uh, you work 36-hour 30, shifts sometimes on call, uh, so you learn how to deal with the burnout in residency as far as the mental and physical fatigue goes. But this uh, past year, the burnout has been like something I'm not prepared for. Yeah. Because no one prepares you for this. You know, um, in medicine, like one of the things that they, no matter what branch of medicine you're in, you're taught, you know, you're presented a problem, and these are the solutions, no matter what it is. Um, I think that's what's been the biggest hurdle for me this year is, like, when it first started, there was such uncertainty. Yeah. Like, what do you tell people? How do you treat it? Like, what do you do? And you feel, for the first time in my career, kind of helpless, like, what, how to handle things. Yeah. And it's a different type of fatigue that I've never experience before. On top of that, you and your wife Beth had your third child. Yes, in July. We had our third third right child. Right in the middle of shutdown. Yep, right in the middle of the pandemic. So having a baby in the hospital with you know, strict isolation precautions and everything was very surreal. Yeah. What about you, John? What's been kind of your last year as a paramedic? I can relate to a lot what he, he was saying. First and foremost, we work as first responders here in North Huntington, at least as paramedics. We work uh, anywhere between 20 to 24-hour shifts. So I can relate to that fatigue factor. Uh, one of the big things for us, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well, what is said uh, maybe a, a certain point in the day is no longer any good a few hours later. So there is just so, so much uncertainty concerning COVID, and as, as Nick said, every, blame everything on COVID. Uh, COVID has taken its toll on a lot of people, not just uh, you know, healthcare providers, but um, people who work in grocery stores and the food service industry and small business owners. It's been a real challenge. You know, on top of that as well, on top of COVID, you know, this is a pretty high call volume area, and a very, like I said, a very challenging area to work in. And life goes on, as they say, too. And you have the other calls that come into play as well. And I will say that towards the end of this year, I've had a few that have been really, really pushed me to my limits as a paramedic. So, you know, all those things can push you towards burnout as well. What's been the most exhausting in this past year? I, I think just maybe you can agree with it's just the uncertainty of things. And the potential of you yourself getting sick and bringing it home to home to your family i mean we have we have the protective equipment but there's still that that uncertainty you just don't know and you know truly the only thing you could do is leave it in the lord's hands yeah 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 it's, i mean 
especially having a newborn at home and, you know, there's not uh, data as far as, like, how does COVID affect kids, like, and newborns. And even at the beginning of the pandemic, my, my wife was, you know, obviously pregnant. So, like, pregnant women, like, what, how does it affect them? And, you know, you're hearing about all these secondary complications that I, you know, I've seen firsthand. And you're terrified that, do I have enough equipment on? Like, do I have to, you know, like, could I be doing more? We just didn't know what, you know, and like he said, like, at the beginning, the CDC's changing their website almost, like, on an hourly basis. So, like, the uncertainty was really, really difficult to deal with because there's nothing else that I've ever encountered that it was like, okay, well, what do we do next? I, thought, I think you had mentioned this to me before last year. Uh, while, while Beth was pregnant, you had to isolate yourself because you were in the COVID unit. Is that right? Yeah. Like, I would work at the COVID clinic, and I would come home and have to, uh, this might be too much information, but take everything off in the garage before I came in the house, you know, straight up and shower. And it was just, you know, very difficult. And um, you're always wondering, like, am I carrying it? Am I? Because they don't regularly test us. Yeah. You know, but crazy. Yeah, I kind of felt like, like you've seen Groundhog Day, right? Mm -hmm. Like Bill Murray, like towards like the middle of the movie where he's just like waking up and doing the same thing all over again. Like that's what. Hopefully, we can get from Groundhog Day to What About Bob? Yeah, (laughs) where we can just enjoy every day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this too. I I think there's a lot of not only is uncertainty in our, our line of work, but there's just uncertainty with with the general public. I mean, they want answers too, and they're scared. People are legitimately scared. I, I truly believe that. And it's really hard as a healthcare provider to give them the answers when you don't know yourself, when things change so dramatically. Yeah. How have you seen burnout play a part in your lives this last year, or, or your coworkers, those that you're working with? Well, um, the doctor I was working with, he's been a physician for 40 years. And um, I think the most um, colorful illustration of that, was, uh, as an example, was that he trained in Philadelphia during the AIDS epidemic. And one day he came to me, like we would, we kind of had our own therapy sessions every day. And he came to my office and he just looked completely just like rock bottom. And he said to me, like, Matt, this is the worst that I've felt since the AIDS epidemic in Philadelphia. Because, I mean, at that, it's kind of a similar situation. Yeah. They didn't know what they were dealing with. They yeah. didn't know what to tell people. And, I mean, whenever it peaked and was going through the surge in um, November, like, in primary care, you don't get, I mean like maybe once or twice a month, one of your patients will pass away. I was getting like three and four notifications a day that somebody passed away. And I was just, I mean, I came home and and just felt like I just wanted to not go back to work. Yeah, yeah. But you take that oath that, you know, you're going to be there and you're going to keep plowing forward. And, you know, thankfully it's, Got through it. Yeah, yeah. What you, John? Hey, let me just say this. Sometimes it's it's good to cry, to just let it out. I I do, 
You know, some of the things that you see throughout the course of your careers or, you know, things that you'll probably never see, but then the things that really affect you, and sometimes it's just good to just go home and have a good cry as well as a good prayer afterwards. Uh, I think for me, you know, let me just say this, in emergency medical services, uh, mental health uh, in provider, or mental health, or the, the mental health providers have, have uh, is just now coming into uh, into focus. You know, it's a kind of feel where you're like you like you know dust yourself off, get back out there. But that's starting to change. Uh, we see in, in my line of work, in first responders in general in healthcare, a lot of suicides, and even in my own circle, even over the years, I've seen a few of my colleagues fall. But I think over the past year. What, as far as being a, a first responder, is compassion fatigue. Is you see so much of it, you see so much of everything else, and you know it gets hard to truly have compassion for you're just being bombarded from a multitude of angles. So compassion fatigue is is really real. And what I mean by that, I don't want to say we don't care, but it's kind of like I don't care attitude. That happens. I would, uh, if I could describe compassion fatigue in that way, that, that'd probably be the best way to describe it. But the fact of the matter is, we do care, but it, sometimes it just doesn't show that way, and it's just it happens from being bombarded with a bunch of things on so many angles. Yeah. Have you guys had any coworkers, friends, colleagues uh, over this last year just say, "I'm done, switch career, uh, change altogether"? I haven't personally, no, but um, the doctor I was yeah. talking about, he, I mean, he was not considering a retirement. Now he is considering retirement. Yeah. But, um, no, everyone that I've worked with is kind of like, it's kind of a unique field in that if you want to change fields, a lot of times you can't. Yeah, because I'm go. really, you know, you're in debt or with medical school loans or, you know, it's just that calling that you have to yeah. help people. Yeah. So no matter how low I was feeling or, you know, and it wasn't just me, everybody I worked with, like they had the PAs in our office actually going to the drive through and swabbing people all day. Mm. You know, they were doing 200 tests a day. Wow. Like it was, you know, but they, we just get up and do it all over again. What you, John? Yeah, I've been trying to, train, trying to uh, change careers ever since I started. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Actually, I... I, re- I got into emergency medicine, emer- uh, paramedic by accident. I really wanted to be a firefighter. And, you, know, my, you, walk, you walked through the wrong yeah, door. Yeah, you know, Johnny and Roy, anybody remember them? I really wanted, to be, really wanted to be a firefighter, and I would continually burn my sister's Barbie house down and, <laughs> and go respond to fires with my big my red fire truck. And when somebody got sick, I used to hide in the closet. So I completely got into this by accident. But no, I, I don't know of anybody who this past year who have, who have thrown in the towel. As a matter of fact, I think it just made people in my line of work more resilient. Yeah. You know, up for the challenge, so to speak. That's awesome. That's awesome. How have you guys dealt with burnout? We talked a little about this, but just the stresses of what you're doing, especially this last year with all that's been lumped on you. How have you processed burnout and worked through that? Um, well... Family support's a big, big thing with, 
you know, my wife and kids at home, and it's been tough because we can't, haven't been able to see our, the rest of our family very much because of other issues. But um, my wife and kids were in praying a lot. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I'm myself is see, seeing a mental health counselor, so um, that's really helped tremendously. That's awesome. What you, John? Work and do all things unto the Lord. I believe that's Colossians yeah. three twenty three three twenty four. Uh, I view my work really as ministry at this point. Another way to serve others. Uh, spend time in prayer with the Lord. Spend some time, even if you don't have the words to say, just sit there. Just spend time in His presence. Pray is, praying is a good thing. Reading his words is a good thing. I, I can't stress that enough. But there's also self-care. you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. You are no good to anybody unless you take care of yourself. So one of the things that I like to do is exercise and fitness. And I've been actually trying to get back into running. I used to be a long-distance runner, but I've been having, having some issues with, with an ankle. But I usually go out, just simple exercise, go out for a walk. Uh, do things that you like to do. I uh, also love music. I spend a lot of time listening to music. And uh, here's a big thing. When, you, le- when you, you leave a place, you leave it there. I know it's hard to do, but you got to do that. you got to have that separation. Now, when I walk out in the morning at the end of a 22-hour shift, I stop being paramedic John and become a husband, a father, a friend as well as a pastor to others. So I have that separation. You gotta take care of yourself. If you don't take care, you will burn out. Yeah, that, I, I, I can relate a lot to that. You know, as a pastor, that compassion fatigue you talked about is, is a very real deal. You know, this last year, it was like, everything was a mess. What do we what do? We do? And um, being able to, it's so hard to, to take off the pastor hat, be the husband, the, the dad, and... Um, Man, it's a hard thing, but man, so very important. Everything I know for me that I've experienced in a day isn't my kid's fault. It's not my wife's fault. It's, it's, they, they don't need to get the brunt of that. And I think, like you said, Matt, having someone to talk to, therapist, counselor, so healthy. Any, any other uh, final thoughts here for anyone maybe that's been walking through burnout, experiencing burnout that you would recommend or suggest? I think it's important to realize when you are burned out. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of people, no, ma- no matter what you do, it's easy to get to that point and just kind of try to ignore it. But recognizing when you feel that way and um, finding a solution to it, I think is very important because if you don't, it'll just continue to eat, eat away at you. Yeah, I would say if you get to the point, you know, don't be afraid to seek help. Let me let me say this. Now, I've hit 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 the ledge or hit the edge many times throughout the course of my career. I will say this: burnout is a temporary thing. It is definitely it is a temporary thing. You're going to get through it. You will get past it. A lot of people, when they hit that stage or hit that, they just they can't see past that, and it's even uh, even more detrimental. I have learned, I guess I'm an expert on this, but I have learned over, over the years, it is just a temporary thing, a season that you go through. You may go through several seasons of that throughout the course of your life, but it's temporary. Understand that. 
that is just temporary. But if it gets to the point where it's, you know, it's, it's causing you to not be a productive uh, member of society and, and a member of your family, it's affecting your relationships, then it is time to go get help. Yeah, that's good. It's really good advice. Before we kind of wrap up this time, I just want to say thank you guys. Um, what you have walked through this last year and continue to walk through and even beyond that, we're so grateful for, for you guys and for folks like you that are uh, keeping us safe and healthy and uh, we are just uh, amazingly uh, grateful for that. And we want to pray for you. Pray that uh, God will continue to protect you and use you, use the knowledge that you have, and the wisdom you have to, uh, to, to help us get healthier as a society. So let's just pray for, for Matt and John. Lord, I thank you so much for these guys. Lord, I thank you for your protection over them. God, I thank you, Lord, for the, the knowledge and the training that they have. God, and how they've used that training, Lord, to, to be a blessing to others. God, I pray for Matt and Beth that you would just be with them and their three children, Lord, that you would strengthen them, Lord. And God, I pray that, that this next season, Lord, that you would just allow them to experience your fullness, your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the dedication, Lord, that Matt has exhibited, Lord, through uh, this last year. Lord, moments when it would have been tempting to throw in the towel, but Lord, he stuck with it. We thank you for him, God. We thank you for John and, and God for all that he's done over these decades as a paramedic and Lord, now uh, as a pastor, Lord, we pray, Lord, for your blessing on him and his life. God, we pray, Lord, for your protection over him and his family, Lord, that you just continue to strengthen them in every way. And God, thank you for, God, not just John and Matt, but Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for so many medical professionals, Lord, in our community, in our church, God, in this region, Lord, who have been on the front lines, Lord, who have been in the hard places, and Lord, have continued to push through, Lord, to continue to be resilient, and Lord, continue, Lord, to, to, to keep us safe and healthy. God, bless them, protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. Nick, amen. is it okay if I pray for you? Yeah. yeah. You know, how many pray for your pastor? Yeah. A tough job, it really is. Let's pray for yeah, you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Heavenly Father, I am so blessed to be standing next to this man, and I'm so grateful for all that he is done for me over the years. He has been a, a true friend, a true mentor, and a true brother in Christ. Father, the things that you call us to do are, are, are not ordinary tasks. We, you call us to shepherd your people, to lead them through difficult times and difficult waters. Father, all these things, they take their, take their toll on us, Lord. Father, I just pray for abundant blessings to be on this man and God, I thank you for his ministry. And God, I pray that you would just cause his ministry to just continue to flourish and to grow here at Calvary. And Father, continue to surround him with good people to help him to accomplish his vision so he can accomplish your vision for the church. Father, I just ask you to protect him and his family from all harm, protect it from gossip, Protect him from those who would seek to do ill will against him, Lord. Father, thank you for him. Thank you for our brother, Nick. We pray these things for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for being part of this, guys. Can you give it up for John and Matt? Thanks, John. And, uh, want to wrap, wrap kind of some, uh, tie up some loose ends with what we just talked about uh, today uh, before we go. And, you know, one of the things that's important is 
what do we do with this? What do we do from here? And uh, I want to share just a few quick thoughts, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, really, lessons learned from a, a recovering workaholic. Uh, that's where I am, and I'm still working through that sometimes. You know, burnout is such a fascinating struggle that uh, I am all too familiar with. We talked about today. What's fascinating is burnout doesn't happen necessarily because you can't do something. And burnout doesn't even happen uh, necessarily uh, always because there's an obstacle in your way. Um, Oftentimes, burnout happens because we believe a lie that if we just do a little bit more, we can accomplish more. And in in whatever area that applies, that could be, you know, in your work, that could be as, as as a parent, that could be in a lot of different places. And the great tragedy of burnout, I believe, is it robs people from experiencing the fullness of what God created you to be. That, that it, it burns you out to the point where you, you get robbed, the world gets robbed of experiencing the gift that you are to this world. Uh, the, the dichotomy of burnout is that we burn out because we forget our limits and we end up finding where those limits are, whether we want to or not. Uh, and and, and here, here's uh, another way I believe that we, we need to see this idea of burnout. It's this simple idea. When we recognize our limits, we remove the lid from our lives. When we recognize where those borders, those limits are, we kind of talked about in an interview, we, we remove the lid. Like, uh, uh, what, what's possible becomes po- what was impossible becomes possible. In other words, being aware that we have a limit and more than that, what our limits are actually allows us to accomplish more in life. The, the greatest example of this principle is, is ironically a person that was limitless. You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped onto to earth, took on flesh and blood, God literally in the flesh. He was a limitless God that recognized limits. He, he imposed limits upon himself. The moment God took on flesh and dwelt among us, we would think he changed the world with endless amounts of energy. Like he would just run and run and run. And yet, uh, what a limitless God modeled when he walked the earth was the reality of human limits. Isn't that wild? That, that, that Jesus modeled human limits. The, in, in fact, Jesus over and over again, read the Gospels, over and over and over again, Jesus would pause in the midst of a really busy season to, to, to step away. Like, why would he do that? One of the great examples of this was uh, after a really busy season uh, that Jesus had of ministry, uh, he had this incredible miracle. One of his most notable miracles was he, as he fed the 5,000. Uh, now, Scripture tells us it was 5,000 men. That's not counting women and children. So, uh, conservatively, it could have been upwards of 10,000 plus people. He fed with just some bread and fish, if you remember the miracle. And, and he, he was coming off this busy season. Listen to what he does. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Uh, here's what it says. Immediately. Can you say immediately? Immediately. Immediately. Not like later or event. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. And go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. This is after, you know, this incredible miracle. Verse 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Why in the world would he do this? He had just done a mega miracle. Not just a miracle for one person. A miracle for thousands of people. His stock was up. This was a prime marketing opportunity. He had just done an incredible thing for thousands of people that they witnessed and experienced. And and, and on top of that, uh, there was still ministry to be done. 
There were still people that needed healed. There were still people that needed to hear his message that the kingdom of God had arrived. But he recognized in the midst of that that none of that could happen if he didn't stop. And he stopped. He lived out this idea that when we recognize our limits, we remove the lid from our lives. He recognized his physical limits as a human being. He, he, he said, you know what? If I keep running at this pace, physically I'm going to wear down. He was human. He was fully human. I want to illustrate this real quick. Um, got a little uh, glass and water here. Try not to make a mess. There we go. So I want to, I want to illustrate this. Imagine, imagine this is your life, okay? And there are different things that you experience in life that bring stress, anxiety, and worry. Things that wear you down. Things that take you a step closer to burnout. And sometimes those things happen. You, you know, maybe a, a loved one dies, passes away, and it, it wears on you. You're, you're okay, but, but it's just something that you're carrying with you. Maybe, maybe your, your boss calls you in and tells you you're not employed there anymore. Or that you get a pay cut. And you're now trying to figure out how you're going to pay the bills and what's going to happen. And you're still doing okay, but you know, things are, are managing. Maybe one of your family members, a spouse or someone you're close to, just blows up on you. And relationally, you just feel like you're not there. You're not doing well. And these things start to compound. And this last year, you know, COVID happens. And before you know it, you're, you're all over the place. And, and what we do, unfortunately, this is what we're taught to do, run with the glass full and you'll be okay. Just keep running that way. It's like with your car. I know your oil needs change. Just keep driving. It's still on, but you're doing irreparable damage. We experience burnout because we don't recognize the things that are filling our cup. We don't recognize the things in our lives that are slowly overwhelming us. And, and what we learned from Jesus about burnout is he didn't burn out. You know why he didn't burn out? Because he took time to enjoy life and to, 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 to reduce the stress, the worry, the anxiety. He, he didn't just try to run full steam at full cup with all the stresses. And he had stresses. He had 12 disciples. They were a little crazy sometimes. On, on top of that, he had the, the religious leaders after him constantly. On top of that, he knew where he was going. He's going to the cross. He's going to be, uh, die and be, be, be uh, 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 beaten and whipped. And he, he knew all this was coming. He had stress. Just read the story of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had stress. But he didn't experience burnout. Why? Because he had this rhythm to stop, to recognize my cup's getting too full. I need to step away. Man, I just fed 5,000, 10,000 people. That's incredible. But you know what? Physically, I'm a human being. I, I can't keep running at this pace. I need to step away and take some time to pray. I need to take some time for myself. And, and what happens for too many is we, we believe the lie that if I just push the gas down a little bit harder, I can push through this and don't need to change anything. Maybe when you're younger, you can get away with that. That doesn't work as you get older. You don't have that extra gear any longer. Eventually, even when you're younger, you're going to burn yourself out. I remember um, right out of Bible college, um, I was a 
you know, youth pastor here. And I, um, I was single. I lived in a parsonage, which the church owns at the top of the hill here. And I wouldn't take a day off. I would just, I, I loved, I dreamed of being a pastor my whole life. So I'm like, here I am. I'm not married. I have no kids. What else am I going to do? I'm just going to keep doing this. And I would, I just, for, for the first three, four months that I was out of Bible college, I never took time off. I didn't take a day off. I just keep going. I had endless amounts of energy or so I thought. My dad, my dad would call me all the time. And my dad, you know, been a pastor for uh, my whole life and He'd call me and say, Nick, are you taking a day off? And be like, Dad, I don't need a day off. I'm in my 20s. Come on. I'm living the dream here. Why would I take a day off? I don't need a day off. And every week he'd call me, Nick, you need to take a day off. I'm like, no, no, don't need a day off. Nick, it's biblical. Jesus took days off. I don't care. I'm good. And about three or four months in, I hit like this wall where I started to like just get really tired all the time. It's like, what is my problem? need to drink more Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, something, this isn't working. And, and, and what I was learning is none of us, none of us are made or created to just keep running. And, and maybe for you, your glass is full or even overflowing. I want to encourage you with just three quick things, and then we're going to wrap up here, that we see it from Jesus. The first one that Jesus did is he would retreat. He would retreat. Um, he would step away from things. Maybe for you, it's stepping away from something that drains you. Not permanently, temporarily. Stepping away, retreating. Uh, pastor and author Rick Warren, he, he says it this way. He said, you should divert daily. You should withdraw weekly. You should abandon annually. Meaning, uh, I know working from home has become the thing now. You need to have a clear boundary where you draw that line that work from home doesn't need to happen past this point. Distract daily. Step away from the things that drain you. Abandon or, or uh, withdraw weekly. Take a day off. I know you might think, how do I get a day off? That's not even possible. Um, tr- do something different. I understand. I have four kids. You know, days off don't look like what days off did when I was single and had no kids and all of that. You know, days off then were like all day watching Sports Center. It was heaven. Um, I get caught up on my college basketball and everything. Um, you don't do that anymore. A day off might look differently, but I need to withdraw from what drains me weekly and abandon annually. Take a vacation. That doesn't mean you have to go to the Bahamas. <laughs> like, go to Keystone Lake. Go to Lake Erie. Like, withdraw. Uh, abandon what you're normally doing. Abandon not meaning like you just drop the ball and, and ignore everything, but that you set yourself up to abandon. You need to retreat. If, if you want to overcome burnout, learn from Jesus. Jesus fed 5,000 people and immediately he retreated. He stepped away. Retreat. Number two is remember. Remember why you do what you do and what you're doing. I think this is one of the struggles that we face. Uh, as a pastor, I have to remind myself this a lot. Why are we doing this? Maybe this last year has been so difficult and draining because you've forgotten why you're doing what you're doing. You know, may, maybe the career you stepped into, you've lost your passion for it. Not because you don't, you're not good at it, but because you've forgotten why you're doing. Because w- what happens with burnout is the why and the what aren't aligned. Like, what we're doing doesn't line up with why we want to do it, like what feeds us, 
what fuels us. And maybe for you, your why is, I just want to support my family. Okay. Realign that why with that what. We need to remember why we're doing what we're doing. And, and that's not going to happen in the, the, the rush of, of life. It's not going to happen in the, the normal hustle and bustle of what we do. You need to retreat and remember. Remember why you're doing what you're doing. Remember what you're doing. You aren't defined by your work. You aren't defined simply because you're useful. When your eyes are focused on why you're doing what you're doing, you'll realize that you can pace yourself. You don't have to do it all at once. So the first one is retreat. Second, remember. And third, you need to recharge. We sometimes think we are machines that we can just keep running forever and ever and ever and ever. Jesus in the Old Testament, or God in the Old Testament, instituted this requirement for Jews. It was something referred to as the Sabbath. And the Sabbath translates into the New Testament. Uh, Jesus affirms it. And uh, we're going to mention that in a second in in the Gospel of Mark. But um, the Sabbath was such an important rhythm because it recognized we aren't machines. We can't just keep running. You need to have a regular rhythm of a Sabbath. So you you need to retreat. You need to remember. But ultimately, the goal of retreating and remembering is to recharge. What recharges you? And that's different for all of us. Like I said, I have four kids. My recharge, my Sabbath, isn't sitting at home, laying on the couch all day, relaxing, and catching up on sleep. Um, My recharge, my Sabbath, is that withdrawal weekly. I don't need to be doing church things. I'm with my kids. I focus on them. I'm not always great at that. My wife will tell you, but I'm working on that. (laughs) But being willing to withdraw, to say, you know what? I need to draw a line here. Not because I don't love doing what I do as a pastor. Not because I don't love church. Uh, I I could do it 24-7, trust me. But I recognize, I've had to learn this the hard way, that I need a Sabbath. I need to step away. You may love your job. You may love what you do. And that is awesome. To be the best you at what you do you need to recharge. You need a Sabbath. God gave us a Sabbath. In fact, in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God instituted this idea, this rhythm of rest called a Sabbath, not just to be religious so you have one more thing you have to abide by. He gave us a Sabbath, this idea of a Sabbath, because we need it. We're not made to run forever. We need a break. I don't know what your schedule looks like. I don't know how crazy your schedule is. But I want to encourage you, if we're going to overcome burnout in our lives, Jesus is such an incredible model because he was limitless and yet he put limits. He, he, he would retreat. He, he would remember why he was doing what he was doing. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying out to God, God, if there's any way for, for this cup, meaning the suffering of the cross I'm about to experience to go, uh, then let it pass. If not, your will be done, not mine. What was he doing? He's remembering, why am I doing this? It's his will. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Maybe for you, this week, you need to sit down and ask yourself that question. Maybe you need to have a conversation with a friend or your spouse. Why am I doing what I'm doing? You need to realign your what with your why. Maybe for you, you need to find a hobby, an activity, something that recharges you. You need to get that into your rhythm. You know, for me, it's basketball. Basketball is what I do. helps me process and recharge. And, uh, I have friends in my life that will remind me, hey, have you gone and shot hoops for a little bit? No, I haven't. You need to get out there and do that. And 
I have a basketball in my car. I keep in my car. And when I get, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I go over to a local playground park and just shoot hoops. What's it do? It recharges me. It's, it just it's, gets, gets stress out of my life. Praying is so important, but also hobbies, things that recharge you, whatever that might be for you. You need to not just retreat and remember, but make sure you take time to recharge. Because when we can recognize our limits, we remove that lid from our lives. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. That's what scripture says. None of that will happen if you aren't the best version, if you aren't ready to go. If you're operating at full capacity, God can't use you to be what he wants you to be. In your job as a parent, in society, you have to learn to retreat, remember why you're doing what you're doing, and recharge so you can kind of drop that cup a little bit. Get it to where you're not running full steam. Some of you, you've experienced some major trauma events this last year. Things that we talked about last week that fill that cup really quick. Be aware of that. Because that's how burnout happens. You're not aware of where your limit is. We all have limits. God made us with limits. I'm thankful for that. It allows us to lean into him and depend on him. You need to identify where's that limit and be willing to step back. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. God made you just to be you. And you'll be the best you when you take time to care for yourself. When you take time to to remember why you're doing what you're doing. When you take time to recharge. Before we go this morning, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that this week, although it may be stressful and there may be things that you know are coming up that are going to wear heavy on you, I, I want to pray that God would give you these moments and seasons of Sabbath. Maybe it's over a lunch break. Maybe you can't take a full day off. Maybe it's a time where you can just go for a walk at the park or on a, a trail, or maybe it's going for a bike ride. Maybe it's playing video games. Maybe, I don't know what that is for you. My prayer is that, that you would find that time so you can recharge. Remember why you're doing what you're doing. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for today. I just thank you. Lord, for the incredible people you've put in our lives, in this church, God, I thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation about burnout, Lord. I know, Lord, burnout has become such an issue for so many. God, I pray you would help us, Lord, just to be practical and intentional, Lord, to take time to pause, hit the pause button, Lord, and that we could, Lord, refresh ourselves, recharge ourselves, that we could remember why we're doing what we're doing. God, that we could align that why and what. God, give us those spaces and time, that margin in our lives this week that we can do that. God, let it not just be a one-time thing, though. Lord, help us to be able to put that rhythm into our lives, Lord, that we can distract daily, that we can withdraw weekly, that we can abandon annually, Lord, that we can get that rhythm in our lives, that we can be healthy and strong, Lord, to be the best version that you created us to be to our world, to our families, to our workplaces. Thank you, God, that you care about all of us, not just one part of us, not just, Lord, what we can do for you, but you care about all of us. And thank you, Jesus, for being that model, that example, that that was able to say no sometimes, that was able to step away sometimes, was able to recharge. God, let us follow in his example. Thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. 
At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 